Hi, this is Joe Shannon. I'm a lawyer, a husband, a father of six kids, and I also uh, host a podcast called Opening Statement with Joe Shannon. Please consider listening to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and any other folks that host podcasts. Just Google Joe Shannon and podcast and you'll find it. I hope you enjoyed the show. We're here today with Jeffrey Meldon. How are you, Jeffrey? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you doing today? Good, good. So although you are a native of Cleveland, Ohio, I'm speaking to you and you are in Gainesville, Florida. Is that right? Yes. So I went through some uh, background on you so I could just give the listeners a little bit of background. We are speaking with a legal giant here in Florida. Jeffrey Meldon has been a lawyer for, I want to say, over 51 years and has devoted his practice, Meldon Law, uh, to basically having an, uh, the main anchor office in Gainesville, Florida for about 50 years. Isn't that right, Jeffrey? Yeah, 1971 is when we started. So we're in our 49th year now. And uh, we're going to celebrate our uh, 50th year next year. Got any big plans? No, just keep showing up. You know, um, you've been showing up for your your uh, your clients in the personal injury and uh, criminal defense uh, practice for years and years and years. And um, you know, I'm looking at a map of Florida, and I see Gainesville is a central place, but you you do work throughout Florida, isn't that right? Yes, we've always had cases all over the state of Florida. In fact, we've helped clients uh, outside uh, the state of Florida in uh, uh, other parts of the United States. And in my early days, uh, I smuggling cases that took me all over the world. Yeah, Jeff, are you there? Hello? Yeah, so, so yeah. you said you did some cases early in your career um, in other states as well? Yes. As, and and uh, like I said, uh, during the 1970s, uh, the Gainesville area had a lot of uh, pot smugglers. So we used, they, they had uh, team members that were being arrested all over the world. So I used to fly out all the time during the 70s to try to rescue uh, oh, team boy. members. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's pre pretty scary stuff. You know, it was actually a lot of fun and, you know, Hey, renting out your own Learjet to go fly somewhere was pretty cool when you're in your twenties uh, wow. and early thirties. Wow. So you, you've had a, um, your background, uh, from doing my research was that, that you graduated from Ohio state university. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I, I grad, actually, I graduated from Shaker Heights High School, and um, it's interesting because last night, uh, CBS 60 Minutes did a feature on Shaker Heights High School. Oh, is that right? 
Yeah. In, in, when I went there in 1960, um, Shaker Heights was the wealthiest community in the United States. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of a history uh, guy, and I, I know that the, the, um, the other thing about Cleveland is that the oil industry started in Cleveland, Ohio, with um, Mr. John Rockefeller. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was he was actually a huge uh, benefactor for Cle- for Cleveland for many many years, and uh, he had uh, a lot of relatives there. And uh, I knew some of the uh, you know uh, fourth and fifth generation Rockefellers, and their wealth was so incredible that even the the uh, distant descendants. Uh, had huge trust funds set up. Yeah, you know, um, University of Chicago here in Chicago, where I am, uh, was the was donated by Rockefeller and started by Rockefeller way back when. And um, but Cleveland's an interesting place. I um, I don't know what it is, but people get really connected to the uh, the baseball team there and the football team there. And then you know where you went to college, people are somewhat connected to that. Uh, that university as well for football. Yes. I still go back uh, occasionally for Ohio state football games, even though I'm a huge Gator fan and uh, I stay in touch with uh, some of my fraternity brothers, uh, you know, when I went to school there and uh, we, we had a really uh, incredible group of uh, friends. Did uh, Now um, I did Jack Nicholas go to Ohio state university. Did Jack Nicholas go Pardon? to Ohio State University, the, the golfer? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, a funny story. So uh, University of Southern California comes to Ohio State uh, for a game about seven years ago. And uh, my roommate, Frank Cass from Ohio State, uh, has done very well in real estate. And he had a big, he has a, the, one of the nicest boxes uh, with seats about 20 people right on the 50 yard line. So I go there and uh, who's there, but Jack Nicholas. Did you get a chance to talk to the golden Here. bear? Yeah. yeah. Did you get so, a chance to talk to so, the golden bear? Yeah. I sat next to him for uh, you know an hour and a half talking to him about his time at Ohio state and uh, you know what it was like. And, you know, he grew up there in Columbus his dad was a pharmacist, and uh, uh, I asked him about, uh, I said, you know, when I was a freshman, you were a fifth-year senior in the business school, and I saw you and Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek and Tommy Weisskopf and, you know, all these guys walking around, and you were like superheroes to me. Uh, he said, yeah, there's a funny story about that uh, fifth, that uh my fifth year when I was going to get my degree, he was uh, invited to play at the Australian Open and he went to the dean of the business school and uh, told the dean he wanted to take off uh, two weeks so he could go play in the Australian Open and he'd like to do his coursework remotely. And the dean told him no. So I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, I dropped out of school and I went and played in the Australian Open, and I never graduated. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
That's funny. So, you know, um, sometimes it's just craziness. I, you know, one thing I, I do remember watching all those guys you just talked about, John Havlicek, uh, Lucas, you know, wise, you know, all those guys It was just, to me, um, but watching Jack Nicholas play golf when I was a kid, I, I read his books. I, um, I just thought he was one of the classiest, uh, sportsmen ever. And, um, you know, I, I just, um, you know, as a kid, I, I and then when he, when he was getting older in his forties, and he and he ended up winning that big tournament when he, in his in his forties, I was just so happy. I think the whole country was happy for him. Yeah, that was the Masters. He was, I think, the oldest winner of the Masters. He was forty two years old. Wow. So 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 anyway, so uh, enough talk about Cleveland. I know that you went to law school at Case Western. Is that in Cleveland too? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I went to Case Western. So uh, I did all my education in Ohio. And uh, then I uh, uh, I picked up and uh, moved to Gainesville in 1970, uh, took the bar, passed it and uh, opened up my law office in 1971 in Gainesville. Let uh, me let me let me take you back there. So you're sitting there in Cleveland, Ohio. What makes Jeffrey Meldon say to himself hey i'm going to gainesville well i i had a friend from cleveland whose family had moved to south florida and he got a fellowship to the university of florida and uh he invited me to come down and visit so i came down to visit and i go this place is awesome i said uh you know the university of florida is there it's the largest university in the southeast united states uh, and it's uh, <clears throat> very liberal. And I was a long-haired hippie lawyer. So I figured uh, I'm going to make the move down here and see what happens. I guess it turned out pretty good for you, Jeff. Yes. No regrets. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I know that uh, you're you're pretty well known down in Gainesville and throughout Florida because of all of the great outreach that you've done i i was researching it and if, if you anybody really wants to get to know you know some people just talk about um uh you know doing kind things for people or or inspiring people and there's other people that do stuff and one thing i can say about uh jeffrey and his law firm at melden law uh you can check it out how involved and DP is involved in the community. If you go to meldenlaw.com and you just check out the about us tab, I was there. It, it took me a long, long time to get through the list of all the great things you've done in the community. Uh, Jeff, what, what, what moved you to do some of that stuff? Well, it's just fun. I enjoy being around people and helping other people. And, uh, you know, so, uh, that, that's what, uh, inspires me. And as, as everyone knows, uh, the more you give, the more you get back. You know, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. But you're, you're saying people, some people talk about that, but does that happen in real life, Jeffrey? Yes, absolutely. Give me some concrete proof of that. Cause there are a lot of young people don't believe that. Well, I, I've been, you know, I'm involved with, uh, you know, the law school and teaching there and I have, students that I've taught, you know, who, you know, come back years and years later and, 
you know, they'll uh, ask me for help and we'll help them. And then they start referring cases to us or we collaborate on cases. Uh, I'm very active in the Jewish community. I'm the um, president of the local Jewish student uh, group Chabad here. And uh, I help a lot of the kids out there and we get involved in activities and, uh, you know, they they wind up uh, finding me when they need legal help. Um, I'm a, a chapter advisor for the uh, ZBT fraternity here. Uh, I'm very involved with uh, uh, the uh, uh, APAC, the American Israel Lobby, and uh, the our United States congressman. And uh, so we, you know, we find a lot of uh, fun things to do there. And uh, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, the, uh, the local community we're involved in, we sponsor the Tom Petty birthday bash. Now, hold on a here. second now. The, the Tom Ber- Petty birthday bash. So I, wanna, yeah. I know people are going to want to hear about that. What's, what's your relationship there? Well, um, I was Tom Petty's first lawyer. And what? Uh, that happened. I was Tom Petty's first attorney. Uh, the, in 1970, when I moved here, um, uh, I had a period of time when I was studying for the bar and, you know, uh, had to take it and all that stuff. So I had about a year before I finished all that. And, uh, I was working with Tom Petty. He was in a group called mud crutch at the time. And, uh, we were putting together, uh, music shows. And eventually we put on a, a mini Woodstock called the mud crutch uh, Hold festival. on a second. Uh, we, so were you a, a singer there, Jeff? A, a what? Yeah, were you singer? the singer or are you the bass guy? What, what, no, 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 no. I'm just the implementer, <laughs> Joe. So how do you, how'd you meet uh, Tom Petty? Well, he was living in Gainesville. He's from Gainesville. And he uh, uh, was part of the music scene here. And I, I had... I had roots in the music scene because my father, uh, who was a real estate developer, before he was a real estate developer, he owned the largest jazz nightclub between New York and Chicago in Cleveland called the Loop Lounge and from 1950 to 1956. So I grew up around the music scene. And when I went to uh, Ohio State, I was uh, social chairman and rush chairman and brought in a lot of musical acts. So I had an interest in music. And uh, so I, I gravitated towards uh, the music scene in Gainesville and got to know Tom Petty and a lot of the other people who were uh, part of the, uh, eventually were part of the uh, Heartbreakers. That uh, was his Wow. Group. So, so you, you, you moved to Florida, you've got this, this music background from your, from working for your dad and meeting all these, I, I know that we've spoken before and you met all these legends um of the music scene back in the when you worked in uh in cleveland and then now you're you're meeting the future legend uh tom petty and so how long of a relationship did you have with tom petty that that you uh were working with him well we uh we had a good time we put on these uh festivals first one was one day then the the second festival we did was a three-day festival and uh, so 
when I opened up my law office, uh, Tom asked me if I wanted to, you know, help him with his develop his career uh, with his group. And uh, I said, sure. I didn't have any clients, so I had plenty of time. So uh, we, we worked together for uh, uh, a while and uh, I helped him, uh, you know, book acts and try to figure out uh, where, you know, what he was going to do to, you know, make it big. And make it big he did. Yeah, he's huge. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, he as a matter of fact, uh, right around the corner from my house is the uh, newly named Tom Petty Park. And uh, we work with the uh, number one um, tribute band for Tom Petty, who sponsors the um, Tom Petty annual birthday bash every October. And uh, it's turned out to be a, a big event. And uh, Melden Law is, uh, you know, very involved as their lawyer and their sponsor. That's great. And so, um, you know, we're, we're speaking here on a podcast, but I mean, you're used to being on the air. You're used to being on television. You're just being on radio. In fact, when I was, when I was uh, looking at your background, I see that you have the longest running radio show uh, on Saturday mornings at 10:30 in the morning on 97.3 FM in Gainesville. Yeah, on the sky. Yeah, we've had a uh, a weekly live radio show call in, uh, and it's called Law Talk Live. We started in 2002. And, uh, every Saturday morning for 18 years, uh, either myself or someone from my office on the show. If I'm uh, if I'm traveling somewhere around the world, uh, I'll usually call in and, you know, say hello. And uh, we help people answer their legal questions and uh, give them informative uh, information about what uh, what they can do re- with regard to uh, legal. Issues. You got any any great stories about that? Any funny ones that came in that uh, or memorable ones? Well, I, I think they're uh, a lot are memorable. I know, I'll tell you, last week we did a show that everybody at that station said was one of the best shows they've heard. We, we're, we've collaborated with a group from Fort Lauderdale who are experts in uh, business interruption insurance, and we've opened up a, uh, a new aspect to our business where we're uh, helping business owners uh, recover from the cop. Yeah, that's a, this, that, that's pretty timely, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, we just started it. I mean, when, as soon as things happened, uh, uh, you know, we started figuring out things in my son, Carrie's down in Fort Lauderdale, where we're crazy. He, uh, he made, uh, he, you know, got, uh, in touch with uh, a, a law firm that's uh, on the cutting edge of this uh, uh, area of law. So anyhow, that show was great, and we're uh, we're really developing that. We've uh, you know got a a COVID nineteen business interruption page on our website now, and uh, I'm uh, advertising it on TV, radio, billboards, um, and uh, we're. We're going to see if we can help some business owners. You know, the, the one thing that, that, I, that I'm really picking up from looking at your, your life and your career 
um, is the importance of relationships in your life. And one of the things that that's hitting me is looking at these COVID-19 updates is that you have a deep, very deep relationship with the people of Florida in that you're, you really care about them to post this, to spend all this money to post all these great updates. I mean, I'm looking on this, uh, our response to uh, the COVID-19 updates and you, and you're basically giving all of these different counties the updates and, and the, the folks to know how to handle business interruption and all that type of stuff, because you have a relationship with these people and it seems like you kind of feel their pain. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, uh, these are, you know, all of our neighbors and friends and people that, uh, you know, I've uh, been friends with for years. And um, we we felt it was insensitive to uh, keep advertising uh, our personal injury, car crashes and things like that. So we took all those ads off the uh, air and I brought a TV crew to my home and just sent a message out to the community saying that uh, Melden Law was you know, working remotely, that we were here to help you. We're going to, you know, uh, we had we established a free attorney hotline for people to uh, call in about any concerns they have. And we have all the lawyers in the firm uh, answering calls for free to people and letting them know what their rights are as far as, uh, you know, their employee rights, their uh, rights as far as getting benefits so we're trying to do that and we established this uh free uh covid19 resource page on our website and uh all of our uh, commercials on tv now are uh directed towards uh, community response uh to what's going on and uh we felt like that's the best thing to do to just help the community out i think it's also you know, it's the right thing to do and it's, it creates positive branding. No, that's great. I, I, um, I, I really like that. I like the, uh, the fact that, um, you, you, you're not talking about a, um, transactional thing that, that you really believe that the folks that you represent, uh, even, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago, are folks that you want to have a relationship with over a long time and you're there to help them. Absolutely. It all, it all comes back and, you know, we're trying to be uh, leaders in the community in that regard. So um, give us a little perspective from your, your life. I, I know that, um, that you've been through a lot of ups and downs in America um, in your lifetime and, can you can you give some of the listeners um, perspective on uh, on on this really scary time right now? We're we're speaking, you know, on April sixth, twenty twenty, and and a lot of people are just they're they're pretty scared about what's going on. Well, I think there's good reason to be because it's um, you know it's serious business, and that uh, in our lifetime we've never experienced anything quite like this. I think uh, you know. Uh, in my parents' time, certainly uh, World War II had a tremendous uh, disruptive effect as far as people's uh, ordinary lives. And uh, during my lifetime, you know, there's certain things that I remember that, you know, I would consider to be uh, pretty crazy. I mean, uh, 
I, I remember I was in college when John F. Kennedy was uh, uh, assassinated and uh, we were getting ready to head up from Columbus up to Ann Arbor for the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. And we were all sitting around trying to figure out, you know, what what what's going to go on next, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's the, uh, you know, what what's uh, happening in the world and stuff like that. And, you know, it all kind of uh you know it worked out uh the way it worked out but you know that was pretty crazy times uh but that was different it was shorter you know and then you know the the meltdown of the economy in 2007 and 2008 was pretty crazy Um, how did you guys respond to that back then well we did we did fine i mean you know we just kept uh you know kept things going and uh you know we were we were in uh, doing personal injury cases back then in criminal defense. And, you know, it was uh, a little more difficult for, for our uh, criminal defense clients to pay, but our, our personal injury cases uh, went on and luckily the uh, insurance industry stayed solvent. So uh, we, we got through that and it is actually, you know, a period of expansion for us. Um, So, those are times that I can think of when, you know, it was really, you know, th- you know, what I would call very, very, uh, you know, different times and things where, where I didn't uh, really know what was going to happen. Get, getting back to today, I think everybody just needs to uh, stand strong and be smart. You know, I told uh, our office that there's three principles that we're going to be guided by and you know number one is everybody's got to stay safe number two we're going to continue to serve our clients and number three everybody in the office is going to continue to get their regular paycheck you know throughout this whole thing i bet you they were pretty glad to hear that yeah because you know all around them people are losing their jobs and freaking out and everything else and you know wanted to make sure that uh their uh their were uh you know, allayed as far as what was going to happen in their lives. You know, I, I, the one thing that I, I really respect about businesses that can keep going. I mean, you know, I just, my heart goes out to, to folks in the uh, restaurant business and the, uh, you know, movie theater and, you know, all these businesses that, that, you know, basically people have to congregate and they, they're shut down. And, um, you know, luckily for some of us in the service industry, we're able to work remotely and we, we, uh, we basically haven't missed a beat other than just miss, you know, meeting people and going to court. But I, I tell folks that, that we represent that 98% of what we do does not involve going to court, um, for, for at least our, um, our serious injury cases um, it's, it's basically putting the case together and then eventually the courts will open again. Do you, do you have an idea when the courts will open down in Florida? Well, actually the, the, the courts are open uh, as far as what you and I do, you know, filing motions and, uh, and even having hearings. Uh, the judges are having uh, remote hearings. The, uh, obviously there's no jury trials. And uh, there's no in-person meetings, but um, since we have everything uh, electronically filed, 
um, we're we're just moving forward, and the judges in our area, whatever you can do electronically, just keep doing. And that's, as you know, that's ninety percent of what we do. You know, when you look back on your uh, fifty-one years of practice and and fifty years almost of Melden Law in Gainesville. Why don't you tell us some of, you know, I know you, you have a ton of defining moments. I know you've told us how, how you have a great relationship with um, Gainesville. You have a, a great uh, relationship with, with your heritage and your, your faith life. What were some of the defining moments or what was a defining moment that you could share with us in your life? I don't know if there's any one defining moment, uh, but uh, a funny story is, you know, I'm a young lawyer and uh, uh, they were doing all these uh, marijuana busts in Gainesville. And uh, I get a call in the middle of the night. I think it was 2.30 in the morning from somebody who had been arrested and was down at the uh, local jail. This is like probably 1972. And uh, so I throw some clothes on, go down to the jail. Well, back then they they had the lawyers meet with their clients in the cell with the, with the, uh, you know, right in the cell, the lawyers and the clients. And in fact, they didn't even separate us from the rest of the people who had been arrested. So I'm sitting there with uh, maybe 10 people who had just been arrested for marijuana charges. And uh, next thing I know, I walk out of the, you know, I walk into the jail cell with no clients and I walk out with about eight or nine. <laughs> Isn't that called being in the right place at the right time? <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool, right? For a young lawyer that didn't have many cases. Wow. And so um, <laughs> what did that teach you? Hey, get up in the middle of the night if a client calls on a big case. Yeah. So tell it, are there any habits that you could tell you know tell the listeners about that that have been good in your life that have helped you get to where you're at well i think you have to have blend focus and your law practice with uh uh enjoying yourself in your own life uh mm. you know we've always uh had a, a a lot of uh family activities and we always did things uh that made me look forward to things other than just work and that um uh, you know for the last 26 years i i dedicated myself to staying in shape and i've had a personal trainer three days a week up until the last week uh you know working out with weights and you know cardio and doing all that and even now i'm trying to walk an hour and a half to two hours a day and do yoga and do uh you know, exercises to keep myself uh, feeling good. So you walk over an hour a day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Saturday, I think I walked two hours. How, how long have you been doing that? Well, I usually do it at the gym, but we can't go to the gym now. So you're just going outside now? Yeah, which is great. I love it. I mean, you know, I'm walking all over the place, and I've got my yoga mat. I've, I've been doing yoga now for i think probably since 1970 i do yoga every morning and and so what does that involve does that involve like listening to a tape or tv or what do you do 
Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll put on the morning news and do my stretching and, you know, all that exercise and try to, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, do a little meditation and kind of focus in on what is going on. But I'll tell you one thing, Joe, that um, I, I do do in the morning. Um, as you know, business uh, life is not always uh, like simple and sometimes it gets very stressful. And uh, so I'll, I'll think uh, in the morning when I'm on my yoga mat about how I can make this day a great day, even though I know there's going to be a lot of stressful activity going on. And that really helps because we can only um, have, you know, one day at a time. And if you don't take advantage of that day, then you, you know, you've wasted that day and you're probably not going to turn your ship around very fast if you keep letting the anxiety of the moment dictate how you're going to enjoy your life. So, so basically what you're telling us is make sure you take care of your body and your spirit and everything else first, and then you can reach out to people. Absolutely. If you're, you know, if you're not strong yourself, then how are you going to help your clients? Let me, let me uh, finish this up by, you know, a lot of lawyers and heck in your 50, 50 years of uh, law practice, are there any, you know, great trials. I mean, heck man, you already told us you were, you were Tom Petty's lawyers for, lawyer for a long time. That's, that's pretty cool. Just, just in itself. And then the story about walking into that uh, jail cell, I mean, heck man, I, I don't know, man, you had, you had a lot of guts, but anyway, so are there any like trials or, or big cases that you worked on that would be interesting for our listeners? Well, there was uh, a, a number of different cases I worked on, but one went to the Supreme Court of the United States, and it's the seminal case in the, as far as the uh, Sixth Amendment, uh, you know, double jeopardy. And uh, there was a, a young law student named Nat Dinitz who was uh, uh, charged with uh, delivering LSD to an undercover agent. And uh, it was an interesting case because I'm a young lawyer. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, he chose me to help him get through as a federal case. And uh, he, uh, you know, we're working and working and working and trying to come up with defenses. And then uh, one day my client comes to me, says, I was approached by this uh, person who said that uh, for $10,000 in cash, he'd make the case go away. So I thinking to myself, what do I do next? You know, it's like, no, that's not something they teach you in law school. So uh, I called uh, uh, the FBI and uh, talked to a guy over there that I knew and I told him about it. And uh, he said, OK, well, let's uh, stay in touch and let's figure out what's what's going to happen next. So I hooked him up with uh, my client and uh, the lo and behold, uh, my client was able to get back in touch with the guy who said he was going to make the case go away. And they actually planned for a uh, drop off of the $10,000 at a 7-Eleven store uh, near the college. And the FBI are there. And my client shows up with a brown paper bag with was supposed to be $10,000, but I don't think it was. And um, and 
and the guy shows up and he goes and he grabs the bag and somehow he gets away. And so the, uh, so the FBI uh, basically dropped the ball. And so in defending the case, we came up with this concept that the only person that could have made this case go away was the case agent who had been the, uh, the witness who had made this uh, buy from him. And uh, the, uh, the, uh, it became the case of the incredible witness, meaning the case agent. So this case went on. It went to, it went to uh, uh, I, I had gotten a plea deal for a misdemeanor for, for uh, my client. He, he turned it down. I brought in my father-in-law, who was a famous trial lawyer with 20 years of experience. And he, uh, he and I sat there to try the case. And uh, when, uh, when the uh, judge told my father-in-law not to uh, use the term the case of the incredible witness, uh, the bailiffs came in and uh, 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 wound up uh, throwing my father-in-law in jail during the middle <laughs> of the trial. Okay, uh, we had the constitutional law professor from the University of Florida Law School sitting at counsel table as co-counsel, and uh, the judge turns to me, a, a first-year lawyer who had never tried a case in his life except maybe a few DUIs. He says. Okay, Mr. Melden, take over. <laughs> and anyhow, uh, I looked. I looked at uh, the judge, and I said, "Well, Your Honor, I've been co-counsel, but I really haven't been prepared to take on as lead counsel." And uh, he said, "Well, find out from your client whether or not he wants to, uh, you know, uh, ask for a mistrial." He said, "I'll grant one," you know. Uh, so. Uh, we went out, talked with the con law professor, my client, decided to ask for a mistrial, came back in, told the judge we want a mistrial, and uh, the judge granted it. And, the, and now the jury had been impaneled already. So, right. so, so at that point, uh, my client, uh, you know, a month or two later, decides that uh, he didn't... Uh, uh, consent to the mistrial. So now he argues double jeopardy and he and the uh, it went to the appellate court in Atlanta, which at that time was the Fifth Circuit. And and the uh, the conviction or the, the they ruled that double jeopardy attached and they dismissed the case. Nice. And then, then it went to the Supreme Court of the United States. And in what I believe was a five to four decision, they reversed the circuit court. But if so, if you ever look up United States did it, you'll see Jeffrey over there with my Reese Wagner. And it's the wildest case you've ever seen. Wow. So did you did you guys go argue the case in front of the Supreme Court? No, the con law professor did. That's why he was there. Wow. Wow. And uh that, that must have been. Did you go up there and watch it? No, no, I didn't. I was like, you know, I was busy running an office. I didn't have time for that. But but anyhow, it was a very interesting case. And uh, eventually, Mr. Dinnett 
although Mr. Dennis was convicted later on of a felony, he wound up uh, getting to be a lawyer and we became friends later on. So closing this interview up here, Jeffrey, um, what, what do you, you know, you've been, you had your own law firm for about 50 years. What would you say to guys just get women and men that are getting out of law school now that, that want to start their own practice? What would you tell them? Would, would you recommend it or would you say, you know, this is not worth it? Well, you know, for my son, Carrie, I uh, uh, supported his decision to become a prosecutor for four years and he got to try over 50 jury trials. And uh, I thought that was a, a, a great training ground for him. And uh, so um, I think, you know, doing some kind of uh, uh, work, either as a prosecutor or public defender, or even going to work for, if, if you're interested in the insurance industry, go work for an insurance defense firm for a couple of years and see how they do it. And then uh, switch over or just start with a good plaintiff's uh, law firm. You know, I was never interested in doing a bunch of business law and stuff like that. You know, I, I was more interested in uh, the trial, trial law. And uh, so if, if you want to uh, get into it, then uh, make a plan and uh, see where it leads you. So if folks want to get a hold of, of you, Jeffrey, and you know, they've got a legal problem and, or they just want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, our, our nationwide number is 1-800-373-8000. Or you can get me by email at jmeldon at meldenlaw.com. Or just look up Melden Law. And uh, there's lots of, uh, you know, phone numbers and emails there. So, uh, you know, going to Melden Law is an easy way. I tell you, so this has been a great time chatting with Tom Petty's lawyer. Uh, Jeff Meldon, as well as a guy that uh, got a case to the U.S. Supreme Court in his first three years of practice. He's a teacher in trial at at University of Florida Law School. He's on the, the air every Saturday morning at 1030 in Gainesville. The one thing I do like about Jeff's uh, law firm is his motto is you matter most. And I, I can believe it. I, it to be a a client of Jeffrey Meldon and Meldon Law is, is I'm sure a privilege and an honor and, and, uh, but it's been great chatting with you, Jeffrey. And I hope that you'll come talk with us again. Yeah, Joe, it's great. And, you know, I love the brotherhood we have uh, in our Chris Bex group. I think it's uh, terrific. And uh, it's a good way for us to support each other during these crazy times. Yeah. Well, we'll be there for you, brother. Take care of yourself. Okay. See you later, Joe. Uh Thank you for listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. You can find us on the internet at shannonlawgroup.com or telephone our office at 312-578-9501. Have a terrific day.